What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week is Justin Davis, Scoop. Sam Claiborne, hey, everybody. and clearly Canadian CJ Gibson is What's back. Up? You know, we used to call Charles Onyet the Ragin' Canadian. Yes, I remember uh, that. How do you remember I, that? Because uh, I watched a lot of Game Scoop before. I know Charles. Yeah, I did too, but I don't remember that. Yeah. I'm starting to think that Charles is never coming back to Game Scoop, though. <laughs> so, maybe, that, maybe this title will be... This, uh, I, I appreciate this. Given to, did, to CJ. Did Charles, Charles burst into the wall? <laughs> <laughs> the Kool-Aid man? I wish. Did, uh, I wish Charles would burst in here Did right Charles uh, enjoy that nickname? Did he, did he embrace I don't, it? I don't well, like he, you, uh, he had a hell of a temper. Oh, right. Yeah, well, sure. Very we'll temperamental see. guy. Charles didn't enjoy much, and I say that as a friend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've got a great show for you this week. Nintendo announced a whole bunch of more uh, awesome indie games coming to Switch. Mm-hmm. One of them that we were just talking about last week uh, from Justin, which he really liked. Called it. We've Wait, got that, that game is yeah. going to be out on Switch. Okay, yeah. cool. We'll talk yeah, about it. It's coming too. Uh, we've got lots of listener mail to get through. But first, Resident Evil 2 should be out now by the time you are listening or watching mm-hmm. this. And that game is awesome. Uh, I think everybody out there should play it. Yeah. Uh, of course, I reviewed it. You may have seen in my review, I actually got something wrong about the game. I misunderstood the way you unlock the different modes, mm. so that was embarrassing. But everyone was super nice about it. Mm-hmm. Everyone said, it's cool, we all make mistakes. Mm-hmm. So we issued a correction, we updated the review, bumped up the score just a little bit because what I had thought had been a problem with the game actually wasn't. And then everyone moved on with their lives, and now we can all just enjoy this great game. Sam, you've also beaten, uh, well, who you played through Cleon, or, or <laughs> Cleon. I played the Klingon <laughs> That's playthrough. Like, the new game. Leon and yeah, Claire. <laughs> First you played through it's the couple's uh, name. You played through Claire first. Yeah, I played through Claire and then I played Leon's game B yeah. and it's so hard and scary that I, I can't go much further. It is very, very scary. It's legitimately scary. Maybe too scary for Justin. Oh, Not yeah. the main no, game. You don't, there's no maybe about it. Second way. I was yeah. freaked at E three. I couldn't finish. The demo was timed, and I'm like, not. Nah. And he's like, yeah. you don't like it, and I'm like, I've I've seen enough. Yeah. Did, so did you actually play the demo recently, or was it just at E three? E three. Played it at yeah. like you know we go after we we're talking about. Yeah, I, I was the same. Like I just I'm. It's funny. I love Mortal Kombat for what it is, but I'm not a huge gore guy. And so when I was playing that game, I don't know how many times I would go into a little crevice and area, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I know I hard turn left here. There's got to mm-hmm. be something behind me. And yeah, I don't know if I can get through that game. I, I love the horror and the scare stuff. It's my favorite part about the game. Yeah, and it works because it's also an action game. Yes. So like I, the original games for me, when they where they don't work, like like one and two, like standard, is that it's scary and it's cool. Uh, but then you, it's so easy to die because your aiming is just up or down, and yeah. you know yeah. it's yeah. tank controls and stuff. In this game, you have so much control over yeah. your gun, and the shooting feels really good. It does, and it good. looks good. It yeah. does. It's yeah. the zombies every are like every so, shot does something yeah. so uh, damageable and deformable. Like you can shoot through their hands, blow yeah. their hands off, mm-hmm. blow off parts of their face, and like yeah. they're really juicy. Like they they gross. Yeah, <laughs> they leak all this like really <laughs> yeah, shiny, bright red blood. And, and there's the way like you need to hit them in the head. You don't have yeah. the yes. ammo to screw this up. Yeah, and as soon as you miss a shot you have a really good chance of mixing the next one because you're overcorrecting. <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's just so fun to watch people play even i played forever like i can i can play this game well and i played a lot of resident evil 4 i 100 it all the mercenary stuff nice. but like i screw up and when i screw up it just cascades it just gets worse yeah. and worse zombies on top of you Downhill. i love that about this game and i like playing it on its higher difficulties it's like it's scary and difficult and you like, have the resources, though, to make it work. Yeah. It's like real survival horror where you f- you feel like you always have just barely enough ammo. You always yeah. have six bullets. That's what you were saying. I mean, or, <laughs> or less, yeah, fewer. Yeah. Um, but that's cool, though. I, I like the old school <laughs> games that felt a little bit like a trial and error thing or there was some... I, I feel like a lot of the new games, they don't give you that 
flavor. It's like, oh, you can just do what you want, and it's fine. And, this and that's is one of those cool. I like that. Where the trial and error is a total part of it because I think. Yeah. The main th- – I've said this about Fallout before, so I, you might have heard this. But the the main, I think, gameplay mechanic in Resident Evil is saving. And you can save at a typewriter. That's how you describe uh, Symphony of the Night also. Yeah. Mm. yeah. All those games. I love that about Symphony of the Night. That's a, yeah, uh, you have to get to a save room is how yeah. that's yeah, the yeah. thing of that. Yeah. But in this, it's like about manipulating your save. Like if you screw up, you, you can load your, your save you just made and redo it again and do it a little bit better. And I totally do that. And that's kind of how I learned the game. I like repeat sections and then I can play it on hard later. So I really like that about it. But this game punishes you for that. I thought that was so cool. Instead of giving you ink cartridges for the typewriter, yeah. you have unlimited saves. Mm-hmm. But if you mm-hmm. use your unlimited saves, you don't uh, get a good rating at the end of the game. Oh. Yeah, it rates on how many times you save. Yeah. Time to completion cool. and how many times you saved. Yeah, yeah. well, at least awesome. it shows those stats. And we are still testing to see, like, what it tells you specifically how to get an S rating based on time. But I, th- I wonder how much saving affects that. Mm-hmm. It's really cool to does, think about. Does it unlock anything, or is there any? Yeah, there's like uh, so. There's. I don't know if this is a spoiler or not. No, I won't. Go, I won't even talk about things in specifics. Yeah. But uh, the original game had all these unlockable characters and modes, mm-hmm. and what we can see in the menus right now is like do it, do this, and you'll be able to unlock a mode. It just says what mm-hmm. it is. So that's cool. We are actually uh, working on documenting that right now. So we'll have it in our big strategy guide, which nice. I'm helping with this time. I really liked working on yeah. that. The original game had the A and B modes. They don't call that, uh, they mm. don't refer to them this way in this in, in the remake. It's the main game and then the second game. Yeah. And the way you're supposed to do it is you play through one of them first, Leon or Claire, and then you go play through the second character in the second game mode. Yes, yeah, so you only play Leon, then Claire, or Claire, then Leon, and then you get a little bit of a mix-up for the other one. But you can just play them both from the start in parallel. You can't yeah, choose either one. Which is what I did, but that's not how it's intended. But like When you play through the game first time with either Leon, Leon or Claire, you've seen probably 80% yeah. of the game. The other, the other like 20%... 10 to 15% is in the other character. And the only difference is in the middle of the campaign, each of them meet a unique person that they travel with for a while, and then you actually Mm. play the other person for a while. It's different for Leon and Claire. But other than that, the game is entirely the same Mm -hmm. for both of them. And then the second scenario, scenario, they just change the locations of stuff. You enter the first area, the police department, uh, from a different way, and then some items are rearranged. Mm -hmm. But you still have to do the main puzzles Mm -hmm. to exit the police station. And they're different. You still go through the sewers. But there are no new enemies, no new boss yeah. fights, no new characters that you meet. There's just... Uh, Dif- an- different weapons make a difference, though. Well, that's what I was going to mention yeah. that, yeah. And then at the end, in the second game, is like the real ending. The mm-hmm. true ending, where there's a little bit more. Yeah, and out, which presumably... Is funny, I, think. I think the real ending, I found it very humorous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, I, I haven't yeah. seen it yet. I don't know after the show. I'll why. tell you what it yeah, is. Exactly. You'll, you will laugh. Oh, no, you did tell me what it was, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then... Um, I, I know there's more playthroughs, but I think some of them are really hard to unlock. Like in the original game, you can unlock this this tofu playthrough, yeah. which is like a like a it looks like a leftover like model. It's like a big white box. I think they use it you for only have a testing yeah. during development. Yeah, and I think for that, uh, I looked it up, and I, at least on the GameCube version, you have to beat no, so the hard. game six times. I think, and then do this other unlocking stuff too. Yeah. There's, I looked it up yesterday, and I was like, I don't know if it'll be the same. And this, and again, we're trying to figure out how to unlock mm-hmm. everything in the game, and that's what you do when you write a strategy guide. But I like how it has those other things in it. Yeah, and to get to them sure. is going to be really cool. Mm-hmm. I think people. One thing, I mean, I don't ever review games anymore, but when I did, it can be a very lonely process. You're one of the only people in the wild that didn't make the game, playing the game, mm-hmm. and you yeah, know, I sometimes there's other people in the office playing, but sometimes there's not. It's like you're on your own, and if you get stuck, I, I, I think people in the public that play games are used to just like 
ask a forum, ask a message board, send out a tweet, you know, check, check an IGM wiki or game facts. But you kind of like you're just stuck. Like you got to figure it out. There's no there's no recourse, and it does feel lonely. And there's not a wealth of information just kind of at your fingertips, and it's hard. That's like an underrated challenge of reviewing games. In addition to like the deadline pressure, is just sure. there's definitely been times where like even in like mobile games like Infinity Blade, I'm like it's kind of unclear to me what I'm supposed <laughs> to be doing, where I'm supposed to be going. And like you sometimes have to resort to reaching out to the game developer or publisher being like, look, I'm a little confused. And that's by this. especially hard with games that have been localized from Japan mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. another country that's not English speaking because they have like different teams and they kind of like filter it through all those. And sometimes they just get come back with like, we can't answer yeah. that question. So it's like everything you're talking about right now, like how to unlock the modes and characters, like there's going to be a guide and there's going to be like people are going to figure that stuff out mm-hmm. the second day that game comes out because people are maniacs. Yeah, they but can like, marathon it. Right now, we don't like people need to understand like you don't always know that's not like handed to you like you have to figure it out like brendan had to figure out how the smash character unlocking worked. Yeah. like and as journalists we do ask and i and capcom you know knows we want to know this stuff so yeah. mm-hmm. they also uh, want to keep it kind of a secret too yeah. sometimes they mm-hmm. tell us in reviews that we can't talk about the secret stuff or the yeah. the, the unlockables specifically because they, they want people to discover those yeah. for themselves it's a in, class of in this like. case there was like a certain scene we weren't allowed to talk about in the review and yeah. then uh certain segments late in the game that they don't want you to Spoil for people, which is totally understandable. So the game is super fun. Uh, the zombies look amazing. It's like so fun to explore all these yeah. different areas. It's genuinely scary. And the one thing that, that bugged me is just there's so much overlap between the two character stories. They're, they don't, mm. you don't, there aren't actually two campaigns. Like mm. the whole the whole objective in the police station is that you, there's a statue in the main hall with three slots for medallions. You have to find three medallions, and then you can proceed. So if you did that as Leon first, when you come through as Claire. You shouldn't have to do that again, but you do. You yeah, do or all, like, or like, figure puzzle. out a way for them to tell the story with a different puzzle, yeah. so you know that, like, oh, well, Leon's off solving that puzzle. Yeah, right. You but even they, have to. They like, don't get that clever about it. It's really video gamey how yeah, they yeah, handle yeah. it. Like, you even have to, like, no spoilers. You have to destroy part of the police station to proceed. But then when you come through the second time as Claire, it's back and you have to destroy it again. Yeah. So it's like, it's not an actual second campaign. There's yeah. just gotcha. slight differences. Uh, the different weapons, though, definitely make it feel different. And I think Claire's mm-hmm. is, feels more difficult because you don't have the shotgun with her. Yeah. Yeah, it stinks. Uh, you, have a, uh, <laughs> you have a grenade launcher, which is cool. Seems that great. sounds great, yeah. right? But think, like, they have to balance that because it's so much more powerful with having a lot less ammo. So you can yeah. make ammo for it and you can find ammo for it. But, like, compared to the shotgun, like, you always have those, like, few shotgun shells left on you to, like, do what you need to do. But with a grenade launcher, it's like, no, you got to stockpile that for, like, a boss mm-hmm. or for a group of zombies, right? Because that's what that's for. It's not for individuals. You yeah. could also do just my strategy and just never play that game. I mean, just don't. <laughs> just not good. Just don't play it. Do you think it's scarier than four or seven? Um, I was I was we were talking about that a little. Yeah, bit. I was going back and forth in my mind with that. At first, I thought um, seven was scarier, but I mean, I don't know. I was playing Resident mm-hmm. Evil Two in broad or in daylight. It was like bright in my living room, and I was still like yeah, scared. It makes me scared. Like the tyrant, like uh, in the police station, the w- the floors are all hardwood, and you can hear the tyrant like in the in the, in the room above you, Ooh. or he's in the room right next door, and you're like, yeah, that sounds like that. really good for it's, that. Yeah. yeah, that's what scared me the most. It was the sounds in the dark room where you know something and you're anticipating it. Um, and it does, yeah, I mean, you play the demo. I, I want to play the game, so this is a question I have for you. Uh, it's too early, probably, for game of the year, or was it, like, did you like it that much? Like, I, I mean, I loved the game, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's too early. It's the best game I've played this year. Ah, uh, there you go. <laughs> 9 uh, but, out of 10, so it's going to have <laughs> yeah. to be in the hunt. Yeah, yeah but I mean, I, so I think for that reason, I will want to play it, but yeah, I'm kind of like with you, Justin. I, I don't know. 
It's too many games on this earth for me to get that yeah. stressed out no. by. Yeah. <laughs> and Kingdom Hearts reviewed today, so it got a similar score. Yeah. Like a little bit eight, lower. Seven point yeah. seven, seven, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan really liked that one. It's hard to be, I commiserate with Jonathan being just a Kingdom Hearts super fan. Like he loves it. And so does that mean that you end up overrating a game or does that mean you're so hard on it? Yeah, it must be tough. Like as someone yeah. that's really, really into it, sometimes those super fans actually ding, ding, you know, the sequel more just mm-hmm. for not, you know, living up to their yeah. expectations. Yeah, like we all whatever. did with Mass Effect 3. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, you know, yeah, that yeah. game probably on its own is pretty good game it's got a silly ending but uh yeah after mass effect 2 and 1 people had a lot of high expectations for Mm -hmm. it yeah i actually been looking uh, i watched our video review and i've been watching our guides team play that game um it kind of has these platforming elements to it like i mean it's not really it has first of all it's combat which is nice you know it's not Mm -hmm. turn-based and you you jump around you get like an expanded repertoire and how you can move around and it kind of looks like a little bit like a good banjo kazooie type game Mm -hmm. You know, like that's pretty neat. Are you gonna play it? I don't know. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like how it looks. <laughs> it's just I don't cool. like I don't like the Disney settings too much, yeah. and that's that's weird because I do like some Disney stuff. I really like yeah. you know like how Snow White looks or like something like that. Like I think Disney has like some really cool eras. Yeah. And, think, and I love like the Aladdin game for Super Nintendo or for Genesis, I should say. Yeah. We, uh, I'm not going to play Kingdom Hearts either. Um, but uh, what really impresses me about that game is each Disney world is its own little, like the Pirates of the Caribbean world is like a little mini Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Like mm-hmm. you get on a ship and it's got upgrades and it's got its own systems and like its own whole thing going on. Yeah. And then all the different worlds have like a different little twist, you know, and Jonathan in his review says that some of them are better than others, but like... Mm-hmm. That's amazing that they crammed, you know, all these little subsystems into the Did game. Did you see that, the little tangled cutscenes in yeah, his review? Like it's those crazy. look like well, yeah. I mean, they look very cinematic. It's super cool. Looking. But that's what he was saying a little bit is that when I was chatting with him about him cuz yeah, he's a huge super fan. He's saying, "Yeah, your expectation almost makes it harder so hard. because yeah, you you look at like what Disney's doing and what games are doing and it goes back to our conversation <laughs> a little bit last week. You're like, Oh, I wanted this because I've seen this maybe elsewhere and stuff like that. So it does make it different, I think. Well, too. And Jonathan also made a great point that the game's graphics, which are incredible, like the worlds just mm-hmm. look amazing, in some ways almost work against the game because when it was in the PS2 and the Disney worlds looked more crude, yep. your expectations for the level of storytelling that game needed to hit were lower. Yep. But now that the game worlds actually look you know, almost as good as the CG movies do, you notice the disconnect between, well, the storytelling isn't quite up to Yeah, like the Toy Story team didn't write it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, Yeah. but it looks like Toy Story still. That's an interesting uh, way of looking at it, too. Mm -hmm. Cool. uh, Since I had low expectations, (laughs) maybe I'm more excited to (laughs) give it a shot. I don't know, it just looks like it has some Final Fantasy stuff in it that I like. curious to get your perspective of if you play it, and you're like, this game's great, it's so fun. Yeah, yeah. It can totally be a valid... Give us an update if you do play it. Okay. When is it out? Is it out next week? The very, very end of the month. I don't yeah. recall which day, but like Early, the 29th or something. Next like that. Friday. Early review. And first time on Xbox. So. Maybe it's not Friday. For, yeah. uh, Sorry. Gamers. I don't know. Is that true? I think so. No. All right, moving on. That's it, is, true. it is another week. Uh, another awesome lineup of indie games announced for Nintendo Switch, including CrossCode, yeah. which weren't you just telling us about last week, Justin? Yeah. Game. And I said, sounds great. I'll play it when it comes to Switch. <laughs> There you go. We get coming. that chance. Uh, they saw soon. the podcast and called up yeah. Nintendo. Hey, and just say, uh, yeah, it's quick those call. Guys, those GameScoop guys yeah. uh, want to <laughs> they did want a, cross-code on Switch. They did a cute thing um, where there's an enemy in the game that looks like a hedgehog, and it's called a hedgehog. So just a little fantasy spin on a hedgehog. Gotcha. And they say the number, like last year, like last December or something, they're like, 
our game will come to Switch when hedgehogs fly. And then in their trailer, the Switch version has flying hedgehogs in it. Uh, and so that was like well, their little nice. cutesy, like cutesy way That's of like little. sort of lying to people, but also just, you know, you can't announce something before it's time to announce it. So. Yeah. And you've played this, yeah, on Steam. Mm-hmm. Does it feel like a Secret of Mana type game? Yeah, it's amazing. It's like it's by far the best game of twenty, like the most overlooked game of twenty eighteen. Like it deserves. Uh, if you go back and look at the timeline for a game like Hollow Knight, that game was not popular when it came out, and it like built up over time. And I think Crosscode has a chance of being a game like that that it just gets discovered, you know, three, six, twelve months after it came out. Mm-hmm. Nice. Does it lend itself well to Switch? Do you think yeah. this is where the home will like be? Like D-pad and, and everything will work? Yeah, yeah well, it's a, it's an action D-pad. RPG with an action combat system. So you're swinging a sword and shooting a little disc out in real time. It's great. It's amazing. Nice. It's like part bullet heli. Oh, man, so good. And I'm not sure if that got a release date or not, but at least it's, we know that's coming. Yeah. Uh, but what did get a release date is Wargroove. Woo! <laughs> and this is the Advance Wars, like, that was, I think it was announced two years ago. Long time ago. Before the Switch was even out. Now it's finally coming February 1st. And by the way, I it, like I work at IGN. I know a lot about video games. I thought that game was a Switch exclusive. It's not. No, it's, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming, it's coming out all over the place. Yeah, um, I think one of the platforms is delayed, but I don't know exactly mm. which one. But we at least know it's hitting Switch uh, February first. Uh, I've actually been playing a lot of it. I don't know what, what all I can say, but I would probably you know they're they're trying to fill a gap in Nintendo's library. Nintendo hasn't made an Advance Wars game in a long time. Yeah, that's great. When I don't I think if you like Advance Wars, I think you should probably check this game out. I'm a gigantic Advance Wars fan. Ran an Advance Wars fan site for yeah. over a decade. Um, uh, I won't plug it because it's actually offline now. But uh, <laughs> not much point in plugging it. Uh, you can plug the Internet Archive version of it. Well, and like I it, like it's a sort of a point of pain for me. I don't dislike Fire Emblem, but I've always been an Advance Wars guy, and like mm. Fire Emblem seems to have kind of taken over. It yeah. really like, did. That's yeah. it, well, it's the same team. It's intelligent system. So yeah. you know, it literally took over in the sense of like you know what is that studio working on? But also just in the mind share of like Nintendo fans, like Fire Emblem kind of seemed to win, and it became like the SRG RPG franchise. It, Must be because of Smash. I, well, Smash, it's all intertwined now, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's definitely painful for me, and so I'm pleased to see that Wargroove seems to be... None of the other strategy RPGs have sort of scratched that Advanced Wars itch in the same way that I've played, yeah. and Wargroove, I think, has the best chance of doing it. So this very excited. Like, whereas Advanced Wars is like a, a cartoonish modern military setting with tanks and, yeah. and jeeps and, and machine guns and stuff, Wargroove is a fantasy setting. Yeah, that uh, doesn't bother me. Swords, shields, arrows for your range, we- range the weapons. The m- more disposable units. It's more units on the field. You know, Fire Emblem is a little bit more, it's not actually small maps, but Advance Wars can have, you know, dozens of units on a side and you're just sort of smashing them into each other and it's really fast and snappy. And Fire Emblem has always been a little bit slower and more uh, tactical. And so I'm happy to sort of get back to that other SR, you know, strategy game. It's it's just like uh, Advance Wars where your, your unit's health is also their attack power. So the attacker always has the advantage. I've only played the Advance Wars that has like the kind of World War One ish like tanks and stuff setting. It was called. It was on DS. So that was there probably was, the last one that was made. There was yeah, Dual was Strike, like, and then there was Days of Ruin. Days, probably of, probably Ruin. Days of Ruin, uh, yeah, which they yeah. leaned the into a little bit more yeah. realistic, I I a wall, right? a little bit more sure. serious tone in that game than the original, the first two. I think. Yeah, I remember that being that way. Anyway, Wargroove, 
February 1st. That's really good. And then they announced a new SteamWorld game. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the SteamWorld games are awesome. Yeah. And they're just doing something different again. So Hard Dig, RPG. Dig was like a Metroidvania platformer. Uh, and Dig 2, of course. Heist was a side-scrolling turn-based strategy game. Heist is in my backlog. I Heist bought is, it, haven't played it. Heist is really good. And this is like a Darkest Dungeon type game? Well, it's a, it it's like a role-playing card game. I haven't played Darkest Dungeon. But it's a card game. It just yeah. looks more like a traditional RPG, like you know, but with you know, the with the with cards, cards yeah. mechanic, yeah. But it, um, it didn't show like a um, like a top down like overworld situation. It was like kind of walking left to right and just encountering enemies. From what I the trailer shows, yeah, so that's I can't a tell if it has the JRPG like uh, type thing going or if it has you know more of a darkest dungeon just encounters. Yeah, we don't know yeah. yet. Yeah, we just know. The broad strokes role playing card game, but I like everything those guys do. They said yeah, this is the fifth knows game. What they're doing. Uh, the developers Image and Form Games, and so working backwards, there was Steamroll Dig Two, Heist, Steamroll Dig. They did this they, one, and then what's the first game on like DS? They made a mobile game. Was, yeah, if they're counting that, maybe that's that developer. This is I had this crazy epiphany moment where. I was like, oh, I wonder what Image Inform did like before SteamWorld Dig. And I looked them up, and they made a mobile game for iPhone that I reviewed and liked a lot and oh, just never cool. connected the dots between um, – it's called like Ant Farm or something like that where you can So it didn't have the robots <laughs> in it. No, it's completely yeah, different. Yeah. You control an ant colony. Hmm. What year is that? 2011, 2012. Okay, it's a while ago. Uh, anyway, another game to put on your radar is called Inmost. Did you guys take a look at this game? No, I didn't see Inmost. Didn't see it. Oh, no. I was showing it to you yesterday. Uh, this <laughs> oh, is the which one was side scrolling, like, uh, like sort of like macabre pixel art. Oh yeah, yeah. it was like, like dark. Yeah, I remember that. Now, yeah. Horror looking mm-hmm. pixel art game. Uh, it says there are three main characters, each with their own unique gameplay styles. You scale the environment by sneaking past enemies, luring them into deadly traps, solving puzzles, and slicing. That's the one that looks like Rayman, New Rayman. New Rayman. No, it's it's pixel art. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah. There was a different one announced that's from X Rayman developers that has okay. that exact same two D style, and I thought okay. it also had multiple playable characters. Maybe not. This one that I'm talking about is called Inmost. It's coming out this year sometime. Got it. There's a game called Forager that looks cool and it should be appealing to those Stardew Valley fans out there. Forager looks great. That yeah. is a just an ass game. Two <laughs> D open world game. It says inspired by exploration, farming, and crafting games like Stardew Valley, Terraria, and Zelda. Uh, it says you start small and improve your base, skills, equipment, network of friends and enemies. That one's coming Q1 2019. It looks like, I haven't played it, but to me, watching the trailer and stuff, it looks like Don't Starve. Like a little bit more cutesy, hmm. you know, uh, casual version of Don't Starve. I see. And then coming very soon is the next game from the Bloodstained Curse of the Moon guys. It's called Dragon March for Death. And that one's out at the end of this month, January 31st. Is that an original game? Uh, yeah, well, as far as I know. And I, it looks like a really beautiful pixel art, side-scrolling, maybe hack and slash game. Like that yeah. action game. We're in a new era exactly. of pixel art games. So I mean, I know yeah. that Shovel Knight and everything was happening, but yeah, so many like was it like the majority of the games announced for the Switch were like well, yeah. I mean, indie this, this, yeah. this is also being reflected through my personal yeah. taste because there were other <laughs> games. These are the ones that were most interesting to me. Yeah, that's why it's like, but it is like half of them. Yeah, have that kind I, of art. Style, I think Goat really Simulator cool. is out now on on Switch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> old Goat yeah, Simulator. Let's check in with the listeners. Hey. Listeners. listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Eddie did. Do you think it's Eddie Van Halen? It could be. I mean, it probably it could be. Yeah. It's probably not. But it could be. <laughs> Can't rule it out. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, Eddie Van Halen could be writing in under an assumed name. Any of the letters. <laughs> he could be writing in as Sammy Hagar. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All of these are possible. Okay. Eddie... <laughs> says, what's up, Omega Cops? Been a listener for the last 10 years. Rarely miss a week. Keep up the great work. Wanted to put a thought to the show. 
Has Red Dead Redemption 2 hurt the franchise? The game is undoubtedly an amazing technical marvel, but it's one that is almost universally seen as impressive, but not fun to play. The game hides an intricate world behind slow pacing that makes it hard to sit down and play. Few travel options and endless systems that don't really matter. Has anyone really kept Arthur's weight up or perfectly maintained their guns? Few people I know have finished it. The buzz around this game fell off pretty quickly, and there just isn't the same fascination with it that followed Red Dead Redemption for seemingly ages. Mm. While not the disaster Mass Effect Andromeda and Fallout 76 were, is the Red Dead Redemption brand somewhat tarnished due to the game design choices of this sequel? Good question. Oof. I mean, it, now we did find out uh, MPD this week. It was the best-selling game of 2018. Yeah, that's, and got tens everywhere. So that makes it different than Mass Effect Andromeda. I was, I was going to say that, that's that's not a great comparison. It's not. Did he make but that that's comparison? What he, said, no, he said it is different. You know, it does. Yeah. It's not quite at the level of like. Okay. Oh yeah. 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 He said so. He was not, making yeah. a distinction. It's, it's not a disaster like those mm-hmm. games were. I was mean, hugely successful. Yeah. But like, if they announced a Red Dead Redemption three two years from now, how yeah. what would people's mm-hmm. excitement level? I don't think there will be one. You don't think there will ever be a sequel? I mean, what is it? They're going to set it in the 1920s? They do run out of, you know, the Wild West is a finite, you know, space to explore. They could tell a different story, though. I'm just making a joke. But uh, I I think this this is not as exciting for them to make another Red Dead, perhaps, as Mm -hmm. another. I mean, it's so so big and comprehensive and such like a thorough look at many different sides of the Wild West that it feels like there's like nothing left to say. And maybe Red Dead 3 will tell a completely new, you know, crazy Wild West story and I'll have to, you know, eat my hat someday. But it's like, <laughs> it's so definitive. Like, yeah. yeah, I think Red Dead 2 is it. Can you eat your hat is a good uh, <laughs> 20 questions. Uh, I was going to say that the, um, I hope that the market doesn't dictate what games the Red Dead team wants to make. I know that's not yeah. the case, but like if they really loved that game and loved making it, which you can feel in a lot of parts sure. of that game, sure. I hope they get to keep doing it. Hmm. Because that's that's how things that's how art should work. It shouldn't that's be true. that a bunch of, you know, people were disappointed with your art. Like you should keep on making your great art, you know. We shouldn't all be corporate about this all the time. Well, that's the challenge I think even thinking of Call of Duty, I referenced that game because they got rid of their campaign, which was re- like people were really upset about that. But a lot of these games now, I mean, think of the investment time. And who knows how long like how long was Red Dead in development? Is there forever. confirmation? Yeah, it's like it felt like 25 forever. years. Sure, let's go the first with that. One was out since Lemmings, right? right? Yeah, exactly. Since lemmings. So, <laughs> yeah, it's been a while, but yeah, thinking of that and then it maybe having this quick window of selling and then that's it. Like mm. the it's when did it release? Like what was the release date officially on Red Dead? No one knows. Two. It was in October. In October. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that that's three four months. Flounder. That yeah. That's not that. But still, if you think about like okay, you spend like how many years developing this game and like oh, all of a sudden like that ah, fizzled out in three or four months. That still feels like okay. Like from an investment standpoint, your brain is going wow. It's, that didn't take long. If there's not like you know battle royales or whatever else that's coming to the game to make it like active over the next like few years. I think there's, um, I don't want to spoil anything, but crazy things happen at the end of that game and not just with like the story, How do you know, well, cause I, <laughs> you know, I work here and stuff can spoil. It for me. Yeah. Yeah. But I fell off it. And so I, I yeah. want you to, after this, I want you to account like just give us an yeah, account of the events of the true. game, and then and then, yeah. I'll, and then I'll tell you. <laughs> no, it's like I'm all, in the same like, boat. I know. No, I think I would do a better job than you. Think. Like I know. Like anyway, there's <laughs> there's stuff that happens with your character and your gang that's crazy, but that's not even what I'm referring to. I'm referring to just 
crazy stuff in the world that like in GTA just everyone on earth was talking about it and speculating about it and it makes yeah, me like the UFO stuff in GTA the, yeah. like the UFO stuff in GTA Red Dead has stuff that's equally crazy like mm-hmm. that that no one's talking about yeah, and there's not any buzz that. about and there's no like trying to dig into it and so that makes me think just anecdotally that like almost everybody fell off before they got to the post-game stuff where you're starting to discover all these crazy, weird breadcrumbs that seem to be building up to something that like, n- not mm. that surprisingly few people are digging into. Yeah, that's very true. Mm. Uh, well, you were saying, Sam, you hope the market doesn't dictate the future of Red Dead. We always talk about how Rockstar is in the unique position of being able to mm-hmm. spend unlimited time and resources yeah. making things. So, yeah. you know, yeah. if anyone could make whatever game they wanted to, it could mm-hmm. be Rockstar. But you don't see them making Max Payne still That's and true. stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know what People their motivations Payne, are, but I hope the motivation is for their team to say, like, we love Westerns and we want to make the most beautiful Western you've ever seen. And that's what they get to do. Yeah. I hope that's what they get to do. Now, even comparison to Mass Effect Andromeda, though, I think people expected, I mean, watching that unfold, that was crazy because I ended up doing a lot of coverage on that. Mm-hmm. Um, they basically didn't do anything for it after at all. Like it was like they hey, canceled the DLC, yeah. canceled, yeah. like cut our losses. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's pretty real when these kind of things happen where you expect something out of it a mm-hmm. little more and then it doesn't. Like, n- no one would have expected that of Mass Effect Andromeda on release. Mm-hmm. Like, the hype for that game was massive. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty huge. Yeah. It's true. And same with Fallout 76. True. Red Dead's gotten two battle royales. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. We'll have like, to see what happens. And with- one that was just knives and arrows. That was nearer to launch, and then they just got the regular one. So, so I heard about that. So, is that like gaining a lot of traction? Are people? That's what I was gonna say. Is like the online is gonna be? You know, we'll see. Like that's an evolving situation by design. Yeah. So, um, I think GTA Online also had a slow start. It did. GTA Online was broken as shit for months. Yeah. You know, and then and then they cleaned it up, and now it's still going strong years and years later. And Red Dead started from a you know online wasn't wasn't broken at launch. It was fairly strong at launch. Mm. But are people playing it? Do people care? Like, is it making money for Rockstar? Like, are they going to have enough new substantive things to sort of keep that game in the news for years and years? We'll just have to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right, this is Steven. Do you think it's Steven Seagal? Could be. Steven Tyler. Uh, how does he spell it? Uh, with a V. Mm. <laughs> so now we know. To, yeah. Now we know who Tyler. <laughs> Tyler. Steven says, I have a wife who doesn't understand why people play video games. I still play, but recently she has come to believe... <laughs> CJ's, <laughs> CJ's going to blow a gasket. Getting close to home? <laughs> it's going to be good TV if he spits okay, this Okay, I got us all. We're good. Continue. Why did you react that way? <laughs> because, I mean, I'll tell you after. Keep going. Uh, wait. Take a big drink. Oh, first. is this you riding in under a... <laughs> no, it's not my alias. <laughs> I still play, but recently she has come to believe the amount I play is unhealthy. Mm. On average, I play anywhere from five to ten hours a week. Some weeks I can play more, depending on if a new game has been uh, recently released. I personally don't think this is an unreasonable amount of time or unhealthy. I was wondering if the Omega Cops think there's a certain amount of time when playing video games becomes unhealthy or unreasonable. Thanks for the amazing show every week. Does the C in CJ stand for Steve? <laughs> that's my middle name. Writing in is CJG. Wait, uh, no, that's too obvious. C, C- uh, Gibson. I mean, so this is an interesting thing. Now, I have kids. Justin, you have kids. Uh, does he say there was no mention of children in this yeah, equation? No, this is what I was going to get into as well. That is a huge caveat to the situation, I think. In what way? Because 
when you do have children, especially once you have two, Justin, your experience in this, yeah. you get to be like, oh, one for you, one for me. Yeah. You got to divide have, and conquer. <laughs> exactly. When you have three, you're like, oh gosh, mass chaos. Yeah. It's impossible. I would say that if that is a concern right now, he probably has, has kids. I think five to 10 hours, it has, I think it has less to do with how many hours you're playing video games and more to do with is that habit, that video game habit or yeah. whatever, you know, habit is in your life. Is it spilling over to over and affecting, yeah. you know, or the parts of your life that you, yes. that you can't is afford to neglect? Interfering with your responsibilities? Your work? Are you ignoring your, your wife? Yeah, your love yeah. life or, you know, whatever the case may be. So yeah. if five to 10 hours allows you to be an effective parent and husband and, you know, employee at your job, then great. But if it doesn't, then maybe not so great. So yeah. it has less to do with the game time, in my opinion. Very true. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, like even before I started working at IGN, I played a lot of video games. I was a freelance guy, so I worked mm -hmm. and did the gaming in the evening. Um, yeah, when children are younger, super difficult. Um, but then also it depends on, yeah, your stages of life, like when you got married, your expectations. Like there's a lot of things. I think to, to put a number on it is impossible. Yeah. There, is, there is a bias against like, you know, people will, the Americans will sit and watch television all evening yeah. and like it's fine. But then if you sit and play a video game or watch Twitch all evening, kind of people have a tendency to be like, attribute yeah, exactly. that like that guy's a loser yeah. or whatever sports like, fans i imagine yeah. watch five to ten hours oh, of sports a week easily so it's like well and, and think about this do you guys all have cable do you have cable television i do no you do mm -hmm. okay what do you mostly watch on tv now the bachelor there you go <laughs> <laughs> no this is fair i watch the bachelor also with my wife but we well, he, use I, but if your wife's upset by how much you watch The Bachelor, yeah, she's that's, that's what that's what bugs her. Yeah, <laughs> now I'm, I'm assuming your wife is also watching The Bachelor, right? Yes, just checking. Not watching um, so. Okay, he says that. Never know. Uh, but I mean, now you can do like internet TV, where if you do have that, you can just you know stream The Bachelor live. So it's funny. I don't know of many people who have cable. So yeah, that TV reference. Like my dad will watch sports all the time, and that was like a non-issue. Mm -hmm. Five or ten minutes of like or five or ten hours of gaming now seems a little bit more common. People are watching it in different places, like Twitch and streaming services on your mm -hmm. phone. So I don't know if he factors that in as well too, right? I mean, like, I kind of think like I actually don't. Me and my wife don't really argue. We totally have like a partnership in our marriage and stuff. But when we used to argue before we had kids, that was one of my, I'm like, I'm not into sports. Yep. Like a football game could be on every single Sunday, yeah. you know, afternoon and into the evening and Monday night football and Thursday night football. And then there's another sports, like there's people that that's their lifestyle and that's yeah. just not my lifestyle. Yeah. You knew who you were marrying. <laughs> you can't be upset about these. My video wife games did too. Yeah, we had that conversation before, and now it's yeah. like it's a it's a non-issue. And then once so. you have kids, you don't have time to do anything. So you just hope for the best. It just solves ah. itself. You just throw some child kibble on the Something floor. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> or, I mean, ultimately, like what then usually happens, everybody's like, oh, why don't you, why don't you get your wife into gaming? And so that mm -hmm. happened to me a little bit, but my wife is into mobile games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is an expensive hobby, oh, let me yeah, tell you. All the By the oh, way, my gosh. Yeah. Anecdotally, Hurtful. on my bus, every single day, half my bus is playing Pokemon Go. That game is still, oh, wow. still has a hold yep. of people. Wow. Yep. Really? Yeah. On the bus? Yep. They cheat it because if you're drive if you're going too fast, they know you're not on foot, and so and the bus moves pretty slow. But the mo bus moves slow enough that you're able to swipe Pokestops <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, communication is the key. That's I think the verdict. Just bottle it all up. <laughs> <laughs> Swallow it deep down into the pit of your being. And it'll just acceptance. Never come out. <laughs> this is Joe in Tasmania, Australia. Whoa, yeah, Taz. <laughs> Yeah. You think it's Joe the Volcano? There it is. It's Joe the Volcano. <laughs> yes. 
No, isn't it Joe versus the volcano? Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't even get the, I didn't even get the joke right. Um, uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Meg Ryan? Who's the girl know, in that Nobody one? knows. I can't remember. It's not Meg know. Ryan. I have seen it, though. They were only in the two together. It, all. it is Meg Ryan. Well, thank done. you. They did three of them together? Thank you, producer, producer Dan. Dan. I thought yeah. they only did two. She plays two characters in that movie. For years, by the way, I didn't know that <laughs> Sleepless in Seattle and You've Got Mail were different movies. It's <laughs> <laughs> fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Joe says, uh, he wants to know, why do we say we beat a game? Mm-hmm. He says, I would like you to just discuss why people, including GameScoop, use the term beat the game. You don't beat a book or beat a movie. This has always bothered me. Dungeons and Dragons players don't beat the Dungeon Master. The DM is there to facilitate a player's journey through a game world, just like a video game. Right. When I finished Skyrim, I felt like I had completed a game. I hadn't beaten it because it wasn't a competition between me and the game. Why does everyone use this term to imply a me versus everything mentality? If I stop playing a game, I don't feel like it beat me. Why do you <laughs> use this term? It's because games did used to beat you. Yeah, the game. The, <laughs> absolutely. If you give up on a game, the game yeah. absolutely beat you. Yeah, 100%. Um, no, I mean, look, man, like language is fluid and like words have multiple meanings and change and shift over time. We were talking before we started recording about how <laughs> why are the end strong enemy at the end of a level called a boss? It makes no sense if you actually think about how the language of that word boss, but it's just yeah. become. It makes, yeah. It's taken on its, its like, own meaning, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like Bowser. At least he has like uh, uh, underlings, but yeah. he's not like their boss, right? It like, makes, he doesn't pay them. Mm-hmm. Or maybe yeah. he does. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? But just like uh, a monster that you fight in, yeah. in Dark Souls or Bloodborne, yeah. like that's not a boss. They're bosses, boss, right? Literally. Even though they're not bosses in yeah. terms yeah. of. But I don't know where the term beat comes from because, like, in the early days, like in the arcade days, no one was beating any game. You're just trying to get as high a score. No, I possible. think that is where it came from. Think so? The arcades? Yeah. Well, for, first of all, like the. That's where the idea of the player versus the computer came from. So that's a really important part of this, right? Now, Pong was player versus player. So yeah. that was like before that, it was all fun. But then once AI was around, you could play Breakout, you play it against the computer, you get mm. as far as you can get. Mm. And then once games came home, then right. you could play them so long that they put a little ending screen in. Yeah. And that's when you completed the game or beat it, or and as they said, Britain, as we were making fun of, solved it. Yeah. And that all that comes from. I mean, you also solve a puzzle. You know, you feed a jigsaw puzzle, or if you have a, like a puzzle box or I something, beat you that solve jigsaw it. puzzle. <laughs> and the beat, I think, is a little bit more competitive term that comes from us versus computer that is used for it. I think that's where that comes from. And you say stuff like, "I well, beat cancer." You beat. You, you say. Know, you say stuff like that. You know, yeah. Yeah. You beat your that. opponent in chess or at basketball yeah. or whatever. Well, and say, so when you have a digital yeah. opponent, yeah, yeah. It makes yeah. sense to they'll translate s- it to that. Exactly. It's from competition. Right. Use it in football. The Patriots beat the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Right. I wonder if yeah. uh, you know. You mentioned uh, AI. Like obviously, Pac-Man is the first high-profile example of like, you know, those ghosts are trying to move in a human-like way. They're trying to move in a way that mimics. You know, this intelligence there, those ghosts are thinking. Gotcha. But I wonder if that's, what, like, what's the earliest example of video game AI? Well, that's what I was wondering, because when you say arcade, I'm trying to think of an there, arcade I mean, game that wasn't, like, a core sucker where, like, yeah. typically speaking, you can play those games forever. Like, you were going it, for it would be, score. like, Space Invaders and before yeah, that. Space Invaders that could, is before you, But that doesn't have any, they're not trying to move in an they're erratic not, way. They're not or, to you. They're, just, n- yeah. they're moving on their path. They're clearly moving yeah. left. And then right. Uh, <laughs> and down. Centipede, and down. Was Centipede before or after uh, Pac-Man? Centipede is, before. is the same year, 1980. I was 78. And that's yeah, by I trust you more than me. And, mm. and, and, of course, Namco yeah, and Midway yeah. published Pac-Man. So those yeah, are that's really interesting. Years. Even, like, Asteroids doesn't have any AI working against you because you just you shoot 
the asteroids and they blow they break mm-hmm. up in smaller pieces and yeah. separate. Yeah, Pac-Man yeah. definitely has things going after you. The centipede everything in centipede is is based on not your position on its own yeah. motion. The centipede works based on the mushrooms, the spider just bounces, the flea just fills in mushrooms. So. And the fact that those and the that the you know, their AI is incredibly rudimentary, but they were different. They had different personalities, right? Yeah. Like the red one's hunting you and then Clyde's just an idiot. And how that actually works is one is saying reduce the amount of distance between you and Pac-Man all the time. Yeah. Another one is saying, well, do that but always take, you know, turns in a way yeah. to get there. Yeah. Like it's like they all have yeah. a slightly different and then one's just moving wherever he wants <laughs> they all chase you in a different way <laughs> which is really cool though like yeah. wow that's what what a great idea that is but that gets back to yeah i think you versus the computer and it's you're putting in a quarter which was you know over a yeah. dollar back then yeah and uh you put it in and then you're like uh y- you know as far as you can get it's like you're winning that time but eventually you lose to the computer but like, that, that is what happens in arcade games that's what was yeah. so different about as i was mentioning home games like a completion screen was a big deal when I was a kid. Like yeah. in 1986, 1987, when Super Mario Brothers came out, that's what to I say was thinking. that it has an ending. I know like that that was that was unique. I don't moment. feel like I beat any of my NES games. Oh, I like probably beat uh, Mario two if you had that. Maybe that's pretty easy. I, I, I like beat Mario three. I don't know. Do you not remember the ending for Mario two? To me, that was oh, yeah. like oh, it's was so like yeah. good. Yeah. So and then there's so the amazing. reward for beating a game, which has yeah. you know, an ending. So for me, like it's weird when you say that because score is something that. It's not in games enough of, it's not in games like anymore as often, but it is something you think of like, that's where I think maybe it comes from. Mario had a score, like mm-hmm. Super Mario for yeah, NES all those had a score. NES games do. It's weird, you could play the game Mario over and over again. It does, yeah, and now cool. your brain probably never thinks about it. But Some in, vestigial. Yeah, in, com- in competition standpoint, I remember playing in competitions yeah. and it would go by, did you beat the game, did it end? But Mario kept going infinitely, your score mm-hmm. I think kept, Accumulating, so one you of my favorite play till your lives are gone. Just modern gaming things. I attribute it to sort of the rise of Xbox Live Arcade is just the high score coming back. Yeah, yeah. and high score games coming back is yep. such a great, just a great thing that that wasn't just lost forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. and gamer like tags and scores. Yeah, we're the all games kind like of Ding that, Dong like XL. Like and oh yeah, yeah. Ding try Dong to, XL. Try to get on that. We know board. the number two player in the world for that. We also know the number he, fifty player in the world. Uh, <laughs> is Jared now number two? Jared Petty's number two in the world. He's number one. I wonder. Let's find him. Well, Let's here's the challenge, Game Scoop, Game Scoop uh, watchers and listeners. Beat Jared. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Get that number one. Was I? Oh, so getting back to his question about, you know, Beating how do people game. refer. I've seen, I don't see people talk this way, but people write differently than they talk. And I see on Twitter and on forums that people say, credits rolling on blah, blah. I rolled credits. Yeah. And that's like a that new. On, uh, Resident Evil. That's I'm cool. sure you can find examples of that going back decades, but that's the way that people <laughs> refer to, you know, even me. Like, I'm like, oh, credits rolling on God of War. What an amazing experience. Like, that would be my tweet following the end of that game. Um, to me, I think that's because games have. They're more of like a dialogue and experience. And like you went on a journey together with like, you know, the game developer and the team that made that game. And it's it's less about like, yes, I overcame the challenge and saved the princess and beat the game and more about like, you know, the adventure you just went on. Do you guys watch the credits? Always. Mandatory. Yeah, I like watching their credits. Yeah, I think too. they're really interesting. I always watch the credits. Yeah. I always like when they add Although, something to it, but I definitely feel guilty about skipping them. Yeah. yeah, I never skip them, but if they're rolling on for a long time, I may like make, make a sandwich or something. Sometimes they have a <laughs> scroll, which is yeah. nice. Yeah. For the new games, it's crazy sometimes how long they will go. I remember, it's amazing. I remember yeah, beating God of War. I think the post credit scene is almost 15 minutes long. The Rockstar, any Rockstar game, the yeah. credits go on it's forever. I, mm-hmm. I rolled credits on Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And boy, I, I, so I would do watch the credits in games, but I did, I'm like, this is too much. I, <laughs> I gave up. I gave up after a while. 
All right, this is Andrew. He says, when I heard about the announcement of Far Cry New Dawn, I was both excited and disappointed. I was happy at the thought of getting a new Far Cry game, since it is my favorite game franchise. But also disappointed that it is taking place in a post-apocalyptic setting. The one thing I've always loved most about the franchise mm -hmm. is its real-world settings and realistic nature, from the mm -hmm. tropical island in Far Cry 3, caveman times in Far Cry Primal, and of course, Montana in Far Cry 5. <laughs> okay. With so many games in recent memory being focused on magic, dungeon crawling, and final smashes, it is very disheartening to see a franchise I love following the curve instead of following its own path. Have you ever been disappointed in the direction that a game or franchise you love has decided to go? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can give you such a concrete mm. example. Uh, Lay it on us. Crackdown 2. There you go. So I have a theory Ooh. about this. Like, Crackdown 2 is really maligned. People don't really like it. It's kind of, it's just forgotten. And that game, the original game, took place in, you know, it was a very heightened reality, but a realistic-ish city, you know? Mm. You're a superhero in a city filled with, like, normal people. And the sequel was zombies. Like, mm. zombies had overrun the town, and now you're mowing down zombies and running through sort of an apocalyptic scenario. And that made you feel, that made your superhero powers feel so less interesting, and you felt so less, like, you didn't feel nearly as powerful. Um because you're running around a world filled with zombies and these fantastical elements compared to the original game where you felt awesome leaping over these you know buildings and doing awesome abilities when you know you were the only one that was special or different and so i don't know how much of a point he has with far cry because even 3 and 4 they were always like very sort of heightened in their sense of reality but uh but uh you being a superhuman and doing crazy stuff in a little bit more grounded scenario I can understand how that would be less appealing than doing it in a more fantastical scenario. Yeah. How about you guys? The worst feeling is when a series changes and then it stays that way. So that, what's an example? Well, an example I don't agree with is one that I heard a lot about Resident Evil. And it's when it switched to four, people were like, this doesn't have, this is not a horror game anymore. It's not mm -hmm. scary. And because the controls and the tank controls and everything were, were manufactured, you know, to make this like sense of fear because you're just so overpowered all the time and you have to get good yeah mm. uh but four like makes you into an, an action hero basically and you, you can high uh, kick yeah you yeah. can you can <laughs> roundhouse yeah. um so that's like an example yeah. of that where it's like and then the series and it did come back around yeah it stayed with that for four, five, through six. some bad games yeah. like it made a bad game six i think is the bad game Each got worse yeah and then uh and then seven kind of tried to bring it back around but it's it's not Resident Evil, like with the stuck camera, and you know, at you least it slowed things down. It's not an action yeah. movie, and game. but that was like an interesting kind of nod to maybe we've lost our way. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I think that's really cool. I think Mar the Mario series did that in a way that we were just talking about the other day, where Super Mario World I think is the best example of having a really cool map filled with secrets, mm -hmm. yeah. and then it just never did that again. Like yeah. yeah, I like how Mario sixty four had the paintings and the castle too. So let's let's set aside the three D games. Mm -hmm. The two D Mario games have never gone back to having a cool overworld. They have this crappy like you look down at the world. It's like there's the path next level. There's the path next level. Maybe like in Mario U, there's like a yeah. you know a side path or something. Yeah, I was gonna but say nothing like Mario. So many world. secrets in Mario. World. So there there was it in Mario U. But do you feel that just because it was something that was uh, this is this is hard for me to say like. If they, if you didn't experience it before, and this is all I was wondering with kids, mm -hmm. if you showed them the new thing, would they like the new thing or the old thing better? Yeah, like if I showed them the Mario Wii U, would they like Mario World better? Yeah. Does going back to play Mario World after playing all these other Mario games, does it hold up? I think Mario World definitely holds I hope up. hope so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think so. But it's interesting. I mean, so I got to give my examples now with uh, probably two real quick, though. Mm -hmm. Destiny 2, obviously. I can't not say it. Um, mm -hmm. 
It's a sequel. People had really changed it uh, enough to. So the weird thing is, they changed enough of it that people lambasted it as all oh, 1.5. You didn't change lambasted. How they say it in Canada? That's how they say all oh, lambasted. This is a new word again. What? That, this is my, <laughs> there you go. And see now forever when CJ just there says something weird, he can blame it on being Canadian. Lambasted. Uh, people were really upset at 1.5 Destiny. It didn't look like too much different from the original. But then when people got into it, they made it a little bit more approachable, made some executive decisions that people didn't like. So then I was like, oh, you changed too much. So there was this back yeah. and forth thing. Ninja Gaiden as well. I was a fan of that franchise. We got Ninja Gaiden 3 for Xbox, like mm -hmm. the, the newer versions. Um, changed a lot of it. Now to the point where we're waiting for Ninja Gaiden 4. Uh, there's been Neo. There's been a whole bunch of other Tecmo games. We're kind of excited for maybe something in that space. But mm -hmm. I don't know if they did a good job. I don't it. know if this game ever came out. What, what happened to Yaiba Ninja Gaiden Z? Yes, Ninja Gaiden Z. Is that a real thing? It, it was, yeah. So even that got released after, I think it was in between Ninja Gaiden 2 and Ninja Gaiden 3. That's true? Yeah. And it, and it was like this weird kind of art direction style that was nothing like the Xbox versions. Hmm. Um, it was like cool for what it was, but again, expectation-wise, it didn't meet it. And so... Yeah, I, I mean, I see that a lot. I don't know the answer. It's weird. I don't like Ninja Gaiden 2 or 3 as good as 1, mm. but in a situation with Halo, I liked Halo 2 better yeah. than Halo 1. Halo so, is what I was going to name drop as well. Yeah. There's, there's certain developers, you know, Bungie and then 343, that I just feel a little bad for because they get a little trapped. Yeah. Like, it's clear as day to anyone that Halo needs to change and evolve to stay contemporary and current. You know, that franchise has been around for a long time. Yeah. But they're sort of held hostage by their mega fans that, Absolutely. you know, every single, like, the radical bloom on this gun is a little different time to kill is slightly different you know locomotion around the game map is slightly different and yeah. like they're not necessarily wrong to complain and pick those things apart but it really puts the developers in a tight spot with yeah. certain long-running franchise that people are that, that are held you know to a really really high beloved standard yeah. you know yeah. what else uh, went down the wrong path for too long was zelda that's the other one I was yeah. going to Twilight about. Princess and then Skyward Sword. Absolutely, I think, yeah. took the wrong ideas from Ocarina and Majora's Mask and yeah. then just made like great, yeah. great games with them, but that wasn't the right path. And I think Zelda you know, is back on track. Now. Mm -hmm. The thing yeah. with Breath of the Wild, I'm so curious to see where they uh, go. I'll say it. I didn't say it. <laughs> no, <laughs> <but> like, <laughs> yeah. You did. You did that game, you wondering how we you say the word that you said? Uh, no, I mean, right. lambaste. Just, just say it. We say it lambaste. <laughs> lambaste. Um, it's one of my absolute favorite games from this generation and one of my yeah. favorite games of all time. But this isn't what I want Zelda to be forever. Right. Like at some point in my life, I'm going to want it to kind of go back to like, you know, there's dungeons and, you know, you're going through just the classic Zelda thing. So mm. that puts Nintendo in an interesting position of like, are we going to get a Majora's ass, Majora's wow. mask? <laughs> That's how we say it here in he America. He said Majora's interesting ask. game. Yeah. Um, are we going to get a Majora's mask, you know, sort of esque twisted version of, uh, of that game or, you know, where do they go from here? So, um, when you do something super, super different that's also really, really well received, it does put you in an interesting position yeah. in regards to like plotting out the future of the franchise. Yeah, I'm not in Nintendo's case; they're going to be fine because they've been doing that with Mario and Zelda forever. But it Castlevania made that 3D game that was really bad. They made a few, yeah. and then they well, did Symphony yeah. of the Night, right? Mega Man as well. Mega Man went to that space and I was like, "Oh no, no, don't yeah. do that." But uh, I've got one: Metroid Prime Federation mm -hmm. Force. Mm -hmm. Woo. Oof. People yeah. were not fans of that yeah. game. <laughs> but Metroid Prime Pinball was pretty cool. Dude, love That's that That's pretty game. good. Yeah. Two tables <laughs> in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One more email this week. This is from Nolan. He says, I am a police detective who works for an agency in the Phoenix, Arizona, metropolitan area. 
I think right. we're giving away too information on too much on Nolan here. <laughs> yeah. he, he, Nolan offered up this information. I often work long, stressful weeks. I play video games in part to clear my head and detach from the content of police work. Yes. Right. In conjunction with video games, I look forward to your show every week as a way to ease a stressful time. I felt compelled to write to express my appreciation for you and the whole crew that put Game Scoop together. Game Scoop is a great show. I appreciate the quality put forth every week. Keep up the good work and thank you. You're welcome, Nolan. Yeah. Thanks nice. for tuning in. Yeah. Thanks That's for awesome. your service too. I'm from Phoenix, so. Shout out. Stay safe out there. And that brings us to Video Game 20 Questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Carl. It's with a K. So that tells you a lot right there. Which Carl is this? It's probably Mortal Kombat. Uh, Let the questioning begin. Uh, Do you play as a human? Yes. That's good. Uh, Is this from before uh, 1990? No. All right, so I got to do better. And one of the things that I've seen in the comments is that I got to ask and identify platform. We got to figure that out. When we okay. do when we do that, we, we do a better job. All right, let's not go for a platform before 1990 then. Because okay, that won't make sense. Should I use the disc-based medium question? I love that one. I know you do. Let me use that. Is it on a disc-based medium? Yes. Okay. Uh, was this game developed in Japan? No. Uh, is this from after 2000? Yes. Oh, boy. That's five. Okay. So... Um. Uh, would this be, say, Microsoft product on a Microsoft system? Yes. Okay. Cool. Well, that was. I know. <laughs> I try. I. I'm glad we got it. I, I know. <laughs> Just wanted to go right there right away. All right. Uh, Risky, Sam, but yeah. let's do it. Okay. So that leaves three Microsoft consoles. Uh, yeah. Did this game come out on the original Xbox? No. <laughs> Two more. Yeah, it's fine. Well, we only need one more question to get there. It's true. Uh, Just ask it. <laughs> Does this game have sequels? You said <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I'm just going to ask it. Yeah. Is it on the Xbox One? No. Right, okay. It's a 360, 360 game. And when you, what was the Microsoft? What about Microsoft Windows? <laughs> Did you ask? I've, I forget how we phrased it. Is it next? Do we know that it's a 360 exclusive? Was it made by Microsoft? I did. That's what I was trying to get at in like a roundabout way to determine if it was. Xbox we don't really or know if it's a platform, so we don't know if it's like guess, Was okay. Let's just so burn the three sixty game. Was this game a three sixty exclusive? Yes, okay. that's ten. It's got and it's got sequels. Yep. Um, Not made in Japan, but you're a human, so I'm eliminating you play as a human. A couple of their master chiefs exactly, human. but no, I don't, is he? Yeah. yeah. Yes. What? Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know, but. Super soldier. That's fine. Um, do we give this game above an eight? Ooh, I don't know. I can't answer that one. Would you give it above an eight? Ooh, I like that. Oh, uh, would I give this game above an eight? I'm gonna. Uh, uh, I, I have not played <laughs> this game, so I can't. Oh, okay. Uh, also, that's, that's great. Good. That's know. good. So also, can I answer that multiplayer? question? I'm sorry. Does this have multiplayer? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, um, Damon was the downloadable content editor at this time. Yeah, so yeah. Means it's not very unlikely to be an Xbox Live Arcade game because you played it. So we, all. so we did say that it's an exclusive. So we limits. did not say that. Oh, I thought. Uh, what what question did, did I you say ask? that? Yeah, yeah, you, you did. It was exclusive to Xbox. I, yeah, so I blacked, yeah, I, I blacked out when I was. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> so I was eliminating all the multi-platform yeah. games like yeah. Call of Duty yeah. and and whatever else. Yeah. Uh, oh, is this a? Do we ask if it's a first-person shooter or no? No. No, that's a good question. Is this a first-person shooter? No. 
Okay. Ooh, multiplayer, it, not first-person shooter. Yeah, that eliminates That's a lot. That's weird. Racing. Racing. Could be Forza. Could Sports. be something like that. What else was... Um, oh, we had, the launch window was a question last time that we asked. That was really good. Was this game published by Microsoft? Yes. Okay. We got to get this. Yeah. Did they do... They do Forza. Yeah. Yeah. Did that start on 360? Yes. Yeah. Whoa, weird. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It's been around Is this a game time. about cars? No. All right. Okay. Huh. So not Halo. Not cars. A Microsoft game that has multiplayer. If Damon's feeling tricksy, it could be Gears of War. Could be. Uh, is this... Damon's probably played Gears of War. Okay, so I asked it was a first-person shooter. <laughs> I was trying to figure out why... You, you because think first person shooter. Because it's third person. person. Yeah, but I know. It, it's still, it. it plays like a first person shooter. I should have shooter. asked if it was a shooter that. What else did Microsoft really do then? I mean, they did puzzle games. Uh, yeah, I mean, Gears of War seems Steve too Pinata. obvious. Yeah. This one has multiplayer, though. Yeah. Should we ask if it's third person? It'd be one versus 100. Do you remember that? One yeah. One versus 100. That's good. That game was fun. Yeah. Or bring it back, man. Like that was so ahead of its time. Think about like Bandersnatch now. Like if there was one versus one hundred on Netflix just every evening. I mean it's like Trivia HQ. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, Trivia HQ. Didn't it have its own controller? I never played with that. I played with a three sixty controller. I think it came out with like a weird thing. Because I remember seeing it in the office. I was like, what the heck is that for? Totally ahead of its time. So should we go puzzle or third person? Because I feel like there's do whatever you want, man. You could just ask if there's shooting in it or something like that. Um but see, I already asked if it was a first person shooter and it's no, so is it it a, could still be Gears of War, though. That's I know. The problem. I know. Uh, well, let's ask a puzzle one, because then it, is it a puzzle game? No. What in the world? How does that help us? No, because... <laughs> that's why I was trying to get you <laughs> no, because to do a wider... I know, yeah. but like, okay. I feel like now it eliminates know. anything that could have been... <sighs> like Zuma? Is that what it's called? Yeah, there's <laughs> one. Okay. It's my one airball. Five you, questions left. Five questions left? Yeah. I thought for sure we were going to get this. <sighs> 15. 360 game published by Microsoft has multiplayer, mm-hmm. not a first-person shooter, not a puzzle game, not a not a car not a drivey, game, not, not a, a drivey game. game. It's not Blue Dragon, not Blue Dragon. Um, Conquer's Bad Fur Day thing that did have multiplayer. That, that weird Conquer game. Does this game have uh? Does this game have shooting in it? You shoot, oh wait wait. Oh, go ahead. Go you ahead. shooting things in this game? Yes. So it still could be Gears of War. Yeah, Gears of War. Should have added in. What are we doing? <laughs> Why? But it could be the Conquer game, which had to reload it on Xbox. Yeah, it doesn't I mean. have sequels, though. Yeah, that's true. That was the last Or one. maybe it does that I don't know about. I don't think so, though. I feel like we could just guess a Gears game almost near the end if we have to here. Which no, is let's we got to eliminate all the rest. All you need to just ask if it's a third-person shooter. Is this? Should we ask if it's violent? Yeah. Well, if but it, what did we just ask? If it had shooting in it? Yeah. Okay, well, so it's pretty violent. they're all violent, yeah. Yeah, I mean, third-person shooter would potentially isolate Gears. Could be uh, Geometry Wars. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but that'd be, that'd be too easy. <laughs> At this point, I mean, we almost need to to eliminate the other things that could be. No, what are you talking about? I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. We got three more, so if we ask a third-person shooter, we're, and we're guessing it's Gears 1 of whatever. It's just fun to ask questions that apply to yeah, other things. It would be because no, there's not be. too many exclusives left. At this point, it might be actually. <laughs> Dan's trying to get this show on the road. Is it's, this a, is okay. this a third person shooter? Uh, even though there is shooting in it, I don't think people consider this a third person shooter like as a genre. It's probably not Gears of War. Even probably not. Oh, shooting, and it's not a first person shooter. Got it. 
What's the game with just the flashlights? They did banjo nuts and bolts the, with yeah. the flashlights. Yeah. Uh, Alan. Alan Wake. Wake. But that didn't oh. have multiplayer. Is it not Microsoft too? I don't that know. Is. I don't. It was it Remedy developed it, but I don't know if they published it. Sam, don't forget the hack. Yeah. Have we mentioned this game already? Uh, are you asking about? Qualify like in what time period have we mentioned this game on the show or in twenty in the last sixty seconds Uh, on the show? (laughs) Have you mentioned this game on the show? Yes. Two questions left. That drives me insane. I don't. I I come. I sit in this chair and I black out for an (laughs) hour. It's got to. It has to be because it has to be what. It can't be gears. And the only mentioned Alan Wake. What other Microsoft? It doesn't have multiplayer. Game is the other one that we mentioned mentioned well pretty much then we could just ask it if it's those two games and hopefully it's no one but of wait them. but no but i could be this, that we mentioned this in our previous discussions yeah. today this game has multiplayer it could be red dead redemption mm-hmm. could be red dead no they didn't publish that never mind that was and it has sequels um, should we just ask the question do we mention it during 20 questions could be geometry wars oh that's the question we should have because ninja gaiden was yeah. also could a, it be ninja gaiden yeah it could be the first one was this game has multiplayer though yeah, it was, well, it was console exclusive for a while. Do you shoot guns? I feel like everyone's ignoring me. You do <laughs> shoot guns. This yeah, game right. has multiplayer. Ninja Gun had some, some, some type form of, of it, but like really? not till three. Could be Crimson so. Sky. No, that was the original Xbox. We didn't mention that. Oh. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Crimson Skies is really good. We didn't mention actually. it, guys. <laughs> you're right. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My brain. I'm, I'm stuck on the exclusive it's part. the best. Oh, it's not. I'm breaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we do uh, two okay. questions? I want to know if we mentioned it in twenty questions, but then we have to make a guess after that. Yeah, right? sure. Let's do. Did it. we mention it in twenty questions? No. Oh. <laughs> oh. All right. This is it. Oh my god. We have all, <laughs> all right, the information we need. Let me. I need the show notes. No. Why? My notes. Why? Nothing. No. No. You we need to know. The episode. <laughs> Did any of the Resident Evils have? No. They didn't. They weren't published by Capcom. No. And they were. And they're shooting. They're the third person shooter. What did we talk about okay. this episode? We talked about Kingdom Hearts and Res- Resident Evil. Yeah. Those. This are is really open. interesting. Then on three sixty. Right then we talked about all the indie games. Did uh, it come up in the context of any? I, oh, Crackdown. <laughs> crackdown. It's probably Crackdown. Yeah. Oh, it is. No, because Ninja Gaiden was the first one was on the OG Xbox, not yeah. on 360. Is it Crackdown? So no Ninja Gaiden. I think it's Crackdown. Is it Crackdown? Yeah, I think yeah. it's good. It's Crackdown. Yeah! <laughs> Justin, <laughs> with your final. Oh, man. No, you didn't. Yes. I reminded <laughs> Sam. We haven't won in a while. The hack. I reminded <laughs> Sam of the oh. hack. Yeah. Okay, that's nice. Hell yeah, we had yeah, to ask. Did we, did we hear this on 20 questions? Uh, I was so caught up with the exclusive thing. I couldn't see all the other questions that Crimson Skies didn't fall yeah, into. Yeah. <laughs> original Crackdown, 2007, published by uh, Microsoft, but developed by what real time world? What's the multiplayer? There's just, just a multiplayer. Had, mode. Yeah. Multiplayer. Really? Yeah. yeah Everything had to have it at the time. You just yeah. run around that, that game era. world. It was great. I played it with my buds. Yeah. Um, I'm really sorry for everybody that probably got that on question 10. Yeah, yeah we did fine. <laughs> <laughs> now, I continued with my abysmal performance, and yet somehow, thank oh, you, a Justin. Win's a win's I a win. You it. were very helpful. No, you got you, it narrowed down to Xbox? The Xbox, yeah. When you was, brought uh, up, when, Justin, when you brought up Crackdown earlier on, I was like, ooh, now they're going to get 20 questions yeah. really easily. Oh, we there, didn't. No. <laughs> there's, a, there's a dynamic when we have a person that hasn't played a whole lot on They'll ask a really direct specific about something, yeah, the puzzle. And when they get it, it's amazing. Yeah. Like sometimes, you know, <laughs> like somebody will say, like, 
did this come out on PlayStation 3? And then you get it, and you're just like, well, we don't have to ask 15 questions. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like you're, you've, I tried to rein by looking at the comment section your disc based medium format question <laughs> because in the last four episodes, you've, you've potentially said laser disc or red disc or something, and everybody's like, just say optical disc, optical which disc. covers I I a CD. So yeah, because that covers the UMD also. Exactly. The important thing is that we won. <laughs> Truth. Nice job. Thank you for Thank you, the suggestion, Carl. And uh, that is all the scoops that we have for you this week. I hope everyone has a great time playing Resident Evil 2 this weekend. Real quick yeah. before we go, I just want to remind all of you uh, listeners and viewers out there how much I appreciate you guys. You guys are always super cool, super fun to uh, interact with, whether it's on Twitter or the Facebook fan page or on YouTube. Yeah. Not everyone out there is a cool, chill person, but all of you guys are, and I really appreciate you guys tuning into all my stuff. So thank you, as always. Uh, thank you, Justin. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, thank CJ. You. Thank you, producer thank Dan. You. Dan. My name is Damon. This is IGN Game 2. 